From the Daily Oz, I'm Billy Fitzsimons and this is No Silly Questions. It's time for another Thursday Explainer with TDA's Explainer-in-Chief, our political journalist, Tom Crowley. Hey, Tom. Hi, Billy. Explainer-in-Chief. I feel like you give me a new, completely ridiculous and very much (laughs) untrue title every week. Um, None of those are my actual job title. I think I'm just a journalist, Um, but but I enjoy their creativity. Thank you. It's my mission for myself every week to give you a new title. (laughs) Now, listeners might not know, but the election could literally be called by Prime Minister Scott Morrison at any second now. And we're definitely definitely expecting it to be called any time in the next week. So today we thought it would be apt to look at how do elections actually work. So Tom, I think I should put you under the time pressure like we did last week. So in 60 seconds, can you just explain how the federal election actually does work? I can give it a go. This is going to be a tough one in 60 seconds. I don't know if we're actually sort of formally timing this or if I have a clock that I have to look at, but I'll do it as quickly as I can. All right, the first thing to say is we don't vote for the Prime Minister and we don't vote for who the government is. What we do vote for is people to represent us. And there's two types, people who represent us in our neighbourhood and people who represent the state or territory we live in. Our vote indirectly affects who the PM will be and who the government will be, but our job is just to pick our representatives. I'll start with the neighbourhoods. The formal term for them is electorates. The country is split up into 151 electorates and each one has one seat in the House of Representatives. And those 151 people, they're the ones who decide who the government is and who the Prime Minister is. Whoever controls those 151 seats forms the government. That's their job. Our job is just to pick our one representative. And the way that we do that is by ranking all the candidates for our electorate in order of preference. Whoever has the most votes once our preferences are tallied up is the winner. Now to the other type of representative, the ones for our state and our territory. They go in the Senate. The territories have two senators each. The states have 12. But in each election, we only pick six. Now, the Senate doesn't affect who forms government or who the prime minister is, but it can make their lives easy or difficult. So it is important. Now, picking six people for a whole state is a complicated business and the voting process is a little bit more complicated, but we'll get into that later, Billy, because I think my minute is up. There was a lot you packed into that. Let's unpack it. So let's start with these local representatives for the House of Reps. Now, if all of it is just 151 local representatives getting together to decide the government, can you explain how we always end up with Labor or the Coalition? Like, where do those parties come from? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think the first place to start is that the parties actually don't have to be there at all. So so there's no law, there's nowhere in the constitution does it say that there have to be political parties. They don't really have an official role. They just sort of come into being, I guess, almost sort of naturally. And in most governments around the world, in, in parliament-based systems, parties tend to evolve really naturally. And I suppose, like, I mean, maybe I'll put it this way. You know, you can imagine if we just had our 151 local representatives and they were all independents and they all just had to kind of sit in a room. And as I say, you know, the the rule is if you can control a majority of the seats, if you can band together with a majority of those 151, you get to be in government, you get to be the prime minister. Now, maybe those 151 could sort of sit in a room together as a bunch of independents and find a way through that. Maybe that might work well. But what tends to happen more commonly 
um, sort of over time in political systems is that people bond together with people who have a common interest. So we talked on the podcast before about left and right and these kind of different sets of values that exist in politics. It kind of makes sense if you see other people, um, you know, in politics who share your values to sort of bond together and to work as a team um, and, and I guess to be more powerful as a result. And so I think that's why sort of parties naturally come into being, um, but they don't have to be, you know, any particular party. So the fact that we have Labor and, and the Liberal Party wasn't always that way. There are some different parties that have been in government over the course of Australian history. These these are the ones we have now. Um, but I, yeah, I suppose that they're kind of like a, a natural consequence where, where the local representatives tend to kind of, you know, band together, join political parties. The parties are more organised, they have more resources. And that's kind of, you know, where it comes from. And so what we end up talking about in the election is not, you know, who are these 151 people going to be? We end up having this conversation about which one of the big parties is going to get to the finish line, which one is going to get to this majority of 76 seats. That's the way that it tends to shake out in practice. That's why we spend so much time talking about the parties. I think we could devote a whole podcast episode to the parties and we may do that at some point. I guess it doesn't have to be that way. And, and what you should think about your task is, is picking just one person who you think will be a good representative for your local area, whether they happen to belong to a party or not. And you mentioned in that 60 second overview before that the way we vote for these representatives is via a preferential system. Can you explain what a preferential system actually is? Yep, so there are lots of ins and outs of the preference system. I won't get into all the detail. The really simplest thing to know is that your job is to put all of the people who are running to be your local representative in order. It's not just about picking who you want to vote for. I think that's sometimes the way we talk about it. Like, I'm a Labor voter, I'm a Greens voter, I'm a Liberal voter, I'm a Nationals voter. But it's not just about who you put number one, it's about the whole ranking. Because what ends up happening in the count is you sort of slowly eliminate the basically the bottom of the ladder, uh, until you end up with only two left. And everybody's preferences end up getting kind of redistributed to one of the top two. So suppose you vote for somebody who's not very popular and they get knocked out in the first round. Then it's whoever you've got later down your preference sheet, it's whoever you put second and third and fourth that your vote might end up going to. So that order really matters as well. And your job in the House of Reps is not just to think about who's the one person I want to be my representative. It's to look at the full list and decide in order of preference from first to last, who do you want to represent you? And those preferences can make a really big difference in deciding who your local representative is. Okay, so let's get to the Senate because it kind of is like we have two elections in one, one for the House of Representatives, which you just went through, Tom, and one for the Senate. But what happens in the vote for the Senate doesn't determine who forms the government. The House of Representatives vote does. So why is the Senate important? Yeah, the Senate's a bit of a funny one. I think the Senate can be a little bit of an afterthought for people sometimes, and it's not as glamorous. As, as we've said, the House of Representatives is really where the big stuff happens, what everyone cares about on election night. Who's the government going to be? Who's the Prime Minister going to be? The, the Senate doesn't really have any say in that. Um, but the Senate does matter a whole lot. We'll devote a whole podcast episode, I think, to, to explaining in more detail what these two houses actually do day to day outside of an election. But for now, suffice to say, the Senate can make life really difficult or really easy for, for the government. So if the government has control of the Senate as well, they get to basically almost do whatever they want in terms of passing laws because they have that support in both houses. But if they don't, life can be can be really tricky. They've got to work with a whole bunch of other people to get things done. So the Senate does matter. And one of the other things that interests us about the Senate is because we're picking more than one person at once, right? So in our local seat, we're picking just one representative. In the Senate, if you live in a state, you're picking six 
because we're picking like a top six, it's it's a kind of system that naturally favours the smaller parties a little bit more. And the Senate is the sort of place where where minor parties, sometimes some very very minor parties and random independents, can find their way into the Senate. And so, it's it's probably the place where the major parties have the least hold. Uh, and it's a place where voting for for smaller candidates can make a difference, and the makeup of the Senate can be a little bit more colourful, I guess. And so, there are lots of interesting things that happen in the Senate. It's certainly you know not less important than the House of Representatives. Um, It's a very important part of your job on election day. And so in the House of Representatives, we have the preferential voting system. How do we vote in the Senate and how does the top six get picked? It's a complicated system in the Senate and not one really that's worth explaining in all of its detail. The basic principle is the same in terms of what your job is. Your job is still to go into the room, you'll see a whole bunch of different people who are running for the Senate in your state or territory and your job is to put them in order. You can either do it by party or by person. You've got a number either six parties or 12 people and that's kind of, you know, end of, that's your job there. But in terms of the process of how those senators actually get decided, whereas the House of Reps is this kind of, it's almost like a game show where the weakest link kind of keeps getting eliminated until you're left with the top two, the Senate kind of works in the other direction. So if you get a lot of votes, you sort of get into sort of the the, the top spot or the second spot or the third spot. But it ends up being kind of like a a fight for these last couple of positions. And so, you know, you've you've got to pick this top six. Sometimes by the time you're getting down to the sixth spot, you've already got the the big parties have already got their spots in the Senate and the fight's down between a bunch of people who didn't get that many votes, but but the preferences are kind of flowing around until somebody gets enough votes um, to kind of get what we call a quota to get them into the system. I've done a very, very quick job of explaining that and I've left out a lot of detail. The best way to think about it is because you're picking a large number of senators at once and because the biggest ones sort of get secure their positions first, spot number one, spot number two, spot number three, the race for kind of spot number five and spot number six can be a little bit more tight and you can end up getting people who have sort of a smaller amount of support. And so that's where, you know, kind of voting for minor parties, voting for independents can make a big difference in the Senate and you can end up with a slightly more colourful composition. And just finally, I know I have friends who are kind of cynical about the impact of their vote. Can you explain why our votes do matter? I can. So it, it does. It, it, I mean, of course, I'm going to say that, but, you know, your vote does matter. You know, entire seats can be decided, have been decided by just a few votes. So I, I guess you never know how important your vote is going to be. Both in the House of Reps and the Senate, these races can end up being really tight. You can get recounts, you can get individual votes being challenged. You know, it can get really down to the wire. Well, safe to say that every vote counts, even if you are in a safe seat. Thank you so much for listening to No Silly Questions. And before you go, I have a favour to ask. I would love if you could leave us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple. It only takes about 30 seconds and it really helps our small independent media company to grow. Share it with a friend too so they can be informed in the lead up to the federal election. We'll see you next week.